athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Box to row, box to row, box to row. The dopest show on radio is on your airwaves. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Good show lined up for you today here on the program. Expect a little bit later on to be joined by Alabama A&M head football coach, Connell Maynard. Going to join us on the program. The Bulldogs begin the season number one in both the box to row coaches and media polls, and rightfully so. If you look at that media poll, which you can find on our website right now at BoxToRope.com, you'll see that North Carolina A&T received more second place vote, or excuse me, more first place votes, more first place votes, but are number two in the rankings amongst the media. And so I think it's an interesting dynamic. I think when you look at uh, what the media, the statement, the media has made is said, hey, we're going back to the 2019 season a lot. Uh, some of them, anyway, right? Like, like not all of them. I mean, I think you have to give Al- you have to give Alabama a And M its due. I think when you look at you have you have to go by, in my opinion, I, I I would go by where we are in the latest season. But I'm also going to mix in what has happened in the past. So definitely I'm going to mix in an A&T. I'm going to mix in a Florida a and I'm going to mix in a Bowie State uh, because even though those teams did not play in 2021, in the spring of 2021, uh, that is, uh, those teams were very, very good in 2019 and, by the way, have most of their star players uh, and just overall most of their players returning. So I think you have to do a mixture of both. But, you know, for me, I think Alabama A&M definitely deserves to be number one. And the Bulldogs are number one in both the coaches and media polls. And so, again, Connell Maynard, the head football coach at at Alabama A&M, is going to join us on the program. Listen, a lot to get to today. I want to, uh, I want to say this particularly for our listeners in the Raleigh-Durham area in the Triangle throughout North Carolina, right? Those that listen to us on Buzz Sports Radio and Hot 97.9 FM. The fifth box to row countdown to kickoff is taking place next Saturday. Next Saturday, August the 21st, we're going to be at Zwelly's in Durham. We begin at 1 o'clock. We're going to have a blast, right? Uh, Because joining us, North Carolina Central, head football coach Trey Oliver, Shaw head football coach Adrian Jones, 
North Carolina A&T head football coach Sam Washington, Winston-Salem State head football coach Robert Massey, and Livingstone, the new head football coach at Livingstone, Sean Gilbert, also going to join us on the program. We There may be, or, or, or during the countdown to kickoff in person, okay, in person in Durham, uh, we're going to have David Bowsers, the new head football coach at St. Augustine's, He's going to join us as well, uh, he, but he's going to join us via, uh, he's going to be uh, via Zoom. And then also joining us via Zoom is going to be Johnson C. Smith, head football coach Kermit Blunt. I, I'm looking forward to this. Like, we still have some other coaches to reach out. Uh, hopefully those coaches will be able to attend at the very least be, uh, at least be on Zoom. And you can watch. If you can't attend, so... Listen, if you're in the Triangle area, Raleigh-Durham Triangle, maybe on September 21st you're coming down 85, right, or somewhere, you know, 40, somewhere near Durham, man, I want you to stop in. Have your HBCU shirt on representing whatever school you go to. That's 1 o'clock Saturday, August 21st, beginning at 1. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have some giveaways um, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun, right? It's going to be a whole lot of fun. This is the fifth time we've done this. I very much look forward to it. We didn't do it last year. We did the 15-year celebration, but we didn't do the countdown to kickoff uh, because of COVID. But we're going to be back. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a blast. And so if you're in the area, and you're, you can hear me, Raleigh, Durham, Triangle area, North Carolina, if you're passing through Next Saturday, right around 1 o'clock, stop on in uh, at Zwelly's in Durham. For everyone else, uh, you can you, you will be able to watch the countdown to kickoff on our website at BoxToRow.com, on our website at BoxToRow.com. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Hope you can join us one way or the other uh, in person or via our website, BoxToRow.com. You can also Watch the event on our Box to Row YouTube page. So a lot going on. I want to talk today, uh, and the HBCU Football Daily Podcast is back, as a matter of fact, on our website again at BoxToRow.com. But I want to talk today about some of the predicted order of finishes, right, especially as it relates to the MEAC, the SWAC, the CIAA, and the SIAC. I want to get into that. Uh, in terms of giving you some of my thoughts on where I think the teams, first of all, my thoughts on the predicted order of finish and then where I think the teams will ultimately finish. You know, I I look, Arkansas Pine Bluff was disrespected, okay, heavily. Arkansas Pine Bluff is picked to finish fifth in the Western Division. This is a team that in the spring played in the SWAC championship game. Now, only loss on the season was to Alabama A&M in the SWAC championship game. Alabama A&M clearly the best program, the best team in all of HBCU football in the spring, yet Arkansas Pine Bluff went toe-to-toe before falling. So that team, okay, is ranked fifth. Arkansas Pine Bluff defeated Southern, defeated Prairie View A&M. Some of the teams that are in front of uh, of, uh, the Golden Lions, right, the Golden Lions defeated some of those teams. Now, I get it. You want to put Alcorn State in front of Arkansas Pine Bluff? I mean, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm not. 
uh, right? But I'm not going to, like, argue with you about that because, I mean, you, I mean, you've got a good argument. Alcorn State bringing back a lot of its players, including Felix Harper, the quarterback. But Arkansas Pine Bluff's got coming back. I know that's got a – that's going to be – a chip has to be on the Golden Lions players' shoulders and head coach Doc Gamble and his staff. He They've got to be using that for motivation. You mean to tell me we won the Western Division last year, first time since 2012, I believe, 12 or 13, went to the SWAC championship for the first time since then, and we come into the season picked to finish number five? Nah, with the talent we have coming back, Arkansas Palm Bluff's got a lot to say about that, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the program. The NBA, right, continues uh, to just be relevant. Like it's summertime, the NBA summer leagues are going on, free agency. Um, we had a free agent story. Uh, we've had we had a big time signing also this week, uh, or extension, I should say, given. In the NBA um, this year uh, to Luka, right? Luka Doncic gets the big, massive contract, the big, massive extension from the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, that is absolutely huge for Luka. The problem is he's got, like, he's got, he's got, he's got no help. I mean, he's got not much help, right? Like, I like Tim Hardaway. They gave, the Mavericks gave Tim Hardaway an extension. Like, I like Tim Hardaway, uh, right? But Porzingis, like, you don't, I mean, he's he's never healthy. You know what I mean? I, my understanding is there's some discord there between Luka and Porzingis, more so on Porzingis' side. So, listen, uh, he, he needs some help, but he gets the extension. He's going to be there for a while, right? So, hopefully, the Mavericks can make some moves because the Mavericks have bowed out of the playoffs, uh, in the first round. Matter of fact, the Mavericks won the NBA championship in 2011. And each year that the Mavericks have been in the championship, they've bowed out in the first round. So, you know, it, something's got to change. They're going to have to get them um, some help, no doubt about it. But, uh, I mean, at least they've got Luka locked up now. They just need to get Luka some help. So, let me talk about Schroeder, right? If you hadn't heard, Dennis Schroeder was playing for the Lakers. As a matter of fact, he got to the Lakers via trade. And he was ultimately offered an extension during the season, during this past season. $84 million was the extension. Schroeder decided to bet on himself. He thought he was a $100 million player. Right, I mean, if I I think Dennis Schroeder is a good player, I really do think he's a good player. Um, but he's not when he's not worth a hundred million dollars. So when I when I heard that he he wanted a hundred million dollar contract, and I'm like, good luck with that, uh, because nobody's going to give him a hundred million dollars, a uh, hundred million dollars. He had to settle for a one year deal at the either for the with the Celtics either at the mid level exception or the veterans exception for $5.9 million. And he could have, so twofold, he could have gotten $84 million, right, from 
the Lakers and also could have been on a team that was a championship contender. Now, obviously, Schroeder and Russell Westbrook, I mean, this was a blessing in disguise for the Lakers, right? Uh, because ultimately, Dennis Schroeder uh, and, and Westbrook ultimately could not have played together. So we can talk more about that because I'm up against the break. We'll talk more, try to talk, get to that more later on in the program. We still have CIAA, SIAC talk, MEAC, and SWAC talk as well as we are two weeks. You believe that? Two weeks away from the start of the HBCU football season. Up next here on Box to Row, we're going to be joined by Connell Maynard, the head football coach at Alabama A&M. Of course, the Bulldogs ranked number one in the preseason polls. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here. Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Don Ware. It's just the two of us, just you and I here on Box to Row. Well, that isn't exactly true because in a couple of moments, we're going to be joined by Connell Maynard, the head football coach at Alabama A&M. Of course, the Bulldogs picked number one in the HBCU coaches and media polls. So Connell Maynard going to join us momentarily again a little bit later on in the program. Going to talk uh, some CIAA, some SIAC predicted order of finish, a little MEAC and a little SWAC predicted order of finish as well. Again, don't forget the box to row countdown to kickoff taking place. Saturday, August the 21st in Durham, North Carolina at Zwelly's at 1 p.m. Come on out. We're going to have a bunch of fun. And log on to our website at BoxToRow.com for more information and to see the coaches that will be in attendance. Let's continue here on Box to Row. Clearly the number one HBCU football team in the spring and coming into the season the Alabama A&M Bulldogs went undefeated, winning their first, first national championship on the or during the 2021 spring season. Now in his fourth season as the head football coach at Alabama A&M is Connell Maynard. 
who joins us right now here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Maynard? <laughs> Donald, man. Hey, I'm glad to be on, man. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, just looking forward to the season. Absolutely. And it's going to be you, – you even said, as a matter of fact, when the, the coaches poll came out uh, on Monday that we have to now – uh, prove what everybody is saying. You got a lot more teams uh, that are coming in that didn't play, obviously, in two thousand during the spring of two thousand twenty one. Camp to this point, how's it going in your estimation to this point? It's going well. You know, it's, it's uh, camp. It's early. Uh, you know, we we got a lot of guys returning on offense, so the offense is uh, moving fast. We we put in new stuff and kind of for the new guys that we got to kind of get those guys caught up, but. You know, we got a lot of guys that's returning that already know the system. So, um, you know, we we just taking it day by day and trying to make sure everybody's acclimated and know what they're doing. For you, I mean, a Quill Glass, like, you know, he came in as one of the top 25 quarterbacks uh, in the country, maybe got off to a, a little bit of a slower start. But, boy, he came on like absolute gangbusters, uh, really to end the season, maybe what, last three or four games. Um, your thoughts, like, what more can he do? I know we've talked about this before, but in terms of really being um, in that uh, upper echelon of a guy that could be drafted into the National Football League in 2022. Right. Well, he just has to repeat, have have another year the way he had, keep continuing to lead us, do the little things, move the chains, get the first downs, and then those things will lead to touchdowns. And, of course, touchdowns will lead to wins. And uh, then you got to just continue to do it week in and week out. You know, you can't live off the first week, can't live off the second week. You got to, you know, the games that's going to keep getting bigger and bigger as we win football games. So his play is going to be very vital and important for us to be successful. And uh, he understands this and he knows just take what the defense gives you. We got a lot of weapons and uh, we don't need him to do everything, he just do his job. Yeah. Do you return, uh, in essence, everyone? Uh... Uh, from the spring season in 2021? We basically, on defense, we lo- we're we going to lose uh, uh, Kushner. He went to Florida State in the transfer portal, our defense end. Right. And offensively, we lost a guard, uh, Fuquay. Uh, Fuquay was a engineer major who has, he got a job. And so he, instead of coming back playing uh, in the fall, he went ahead and started working. And I encouraged him. He called me, asked me what should he do. He, you know, they got a chance to have start this job, you know, paying like sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Hey, man, you need to go take the job. You know, you, you got your championship. You played football. You you came to school to get an education to to take care of the rest of your life, and so uh, you need to go ahead and do that. And, and that's what he decided to do. Yeah. No. Let, let me. Let me. That's interesting. I, I want to get your thoughts. I mean, to me. Uh, you, we generally see where guys, you talk about Marcus Cushine, who was, uh, was a uh, boxer All-America as well, a guy. We generally see guys, if you're at FBS level, you generally, if something's not going right or whatever the case may be, you'll come down to the FCS level. Your guy uh, went up, and not only that, to your point, goes to Florida State to an ACC school. I mean, that really, to me, uh, speaks to um, really what you've been able to put together there at Alabama A&M? Hell yeah, you know, we, we got Christian, we brought him in, he was a uh, linebacker. And uh, and on special teams the first year and played linebacker, and then we decided, you know what, Cush, we think you can do some great things at defense end. And so we moved him to defense end, and uh, lo and behold, that's, his, that's where he's supposed to be. And he showed America and everybody that uh, – 
he's one of the best defense ends in FCS football last year. So with that, with him doing that, he got opportunity uh, through the transfer portal to move up, and uh, he went to Florida State University. So yeah, I got to take my hat off and my, give my credit, my coaches some credit for uh, for us moving him and then for us develop him, and um, that's that's what we try to do, you know, because we don't get all the five stars and four stars every year, three stars. You know, sometimes we got to get the one stars or no stars. And then we just got to develop them. You know, we got to teach them the game. We got to get them in the weight room, put some weight on them, and uh, and go from there. And then normally it's, you know, two years later uh, that we get them ready to play, uh, like some of those big twos come in with the four and five stars that's ready to go right now. Connell Maynard in his fourth season as the head football coach at Alabama A&M joins us here. On Box to Row, the Bulldogs going to open the season at home against South Carolina State on September the fourth. We know the names: Ibrahim. I mean, you got. I mean, you you just got a, a a plethora of guys on the offensive side of the football. I mean, defensively, you can look at a Marnie Holloway. I mean, you got so many guys. Who are some of those guys? Maybe that we didn't see a lot from in the spring that you expect to really contribute to your team. Uh, this fall? Well, I, I think, you know, most of the guys that did the contributing last year will be doing it again. You know, Green, our, our cornerback, um, is back. And so we're expecting to make some more plays. He got an interception in the championship game. Uh, Trent, um, our, our free safety, um, got an interception to end the game in the in the. Uh, championship game, so we expect him back. And then, of course, you got the Holloway twins, and you got um, uh, we got Q Q Kelly, uh, middle linebacker, and he got a couple interceptions last year, made some big plays. I think he got one in the championship game also. Uh, then on the defensive line, uh, we got Dre Carter back. Uh, he got hurt last year, got hurt in the spring, and so he had to have surgery on his shoulder, and now he's back at, at one of the defensive ends. So. He's going to probably be stepping in uh, and cushioning the spot. And uh, so we're expecting some big things out of him. Um, you know, you can't replace Cushioner with one guy, I don't think. But hopefully uh, Drake can, can uh, play somewhere near what Cushioner did up there. And then, of course, Breon Austin and Selmar are going to be anchoring that, that uh, D-line. And so, you know, those are the guys. And a lot of them are the same guys that was from last year, you know. So – We'll see. It's a new season, and like I said, you can't live off last week. You can't live off last year, so we got to see who's going to produce this year. Your thoughts. Uh, you were in, uh, obviously, in the, uh, the, the MEAC as the head coach at Hampton. Once upon a time, you played in the MEAC at North Carolina A&T. Your thoughts on Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman now joining the SWAC. I think it's great. I think it's great for for the SWAC for how the two Florida schools to come on in and and, and join the SWAC and uh, both of them is on our side and and so we get to play them every year. You know, it, it's going to be started a great rivalry us going up to FAM and us going up to Daytona and, and play Bethune and then they come down here. So we look forward to it. It uh, it, it we got to tell you what we got a good side, man. It, it's tough, you know. And uh, Jackson is is coming on and. Valley's playing better than ever, and uh, Alabama State is always the classic and always going to be a game. So uh, they're on our side, so we got to play both of those teams this year, every year. And uh, so we look forward to to those uh, rivalries and going up to uh, Tallahassee and, and Daytona and, and those guys coming down here. 
Um, and it just makes outside that much tougher. You know, every week you got to play and got to be ready to go. Valley's much improved. Um, and, and Jack, Alabama State, it's the classic. So you throw the records out the window in that game, it's always going to be a tough game. And uh, we just got to be ready to play every week, man, because uh, no matter who you play, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Of course, we got Pine Bluff again at the end of the season, and that was a, that'll be a rematch of the championship game. So, of course, they'll be licking their chops and want to get some revenge. So we got a lot of work to do, and we got a lot of people coming after us. We understand that. We know where we're at, and this is where we want to be. We want to be right where we are. We, we want to be the hunted. We don't want to be the one hunting. We want to be right where we are, and uh, we look forward to it, and we'll be ready for every challenge. Were you surprised to see Pine Bluff uh, pick to finish number five in the West? I was. I was um, for whatever reason. You know, that's why, you know, I, you know, you just got to wait and see how these guys are going to, how these guys going to vote and what they really think. And, uh, you know, by us being number one, I think that shows that we have some respect from the coaches uh, in the league and HBCU uh, that they voted us number one. And so, um that's all you can do, you know. You like, but I like I say, you got to prove somebody right. You prove them wrong. So Pine Bluff got a chance to prove a lot of people wrong uh, for picking them fifth uh, in the West, and and we got to try to prove some people right for picking us number one. Last thought on the football stuff, because you know I'm not going to let you get off without asking you about some Hollywood stuff. You know I'm not going to do that. Uh, the, the South Carolina State game, right? Like, speak to how that came together in the spring and then they return the favor to you. Uh, it's great to see that we can have MEAC and SWAC schools play each other without it being a MEAC SWAC challenge. Yeah, it is. It's great. You know, uh, we need the game in the spring. They need the game. So we worked it out to where we can have a home and home, home and, home and away. And um, we went to them in the spring, so they come back to us in the fall. And you're right, it's, it's a great opportunity for us. Uh, it's a great game. Buddy Pugh is always is a great football coach, always has a great team and a great defense, and always seems like every year he got somebody going to the NFL off that defense. And uh, so we got to be prepared, man. They're they going to be coming after us. We want to beat them at their place, so I'm pretty sure they're licking their chops and want to return the favor and beat us back at our place this year. But uh, it, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. Buddy have his guys ready to play. It's our opener, so uh, we have our guys ready to play, and it'll be a game. Connell Maynard, one of the few persons to win a national championship as both a player when he was at A&T and then a coach at Alabama A&M, where he is currently the head coach, joins us here on the program. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back. Like I, like I said to him, I'm not going to let Coach Maynard get away without talking some Hollywood with him, and we'll do that on the other side. We're back here on Box to Row. We're talking with Alabama A&M head football coach, Connell Maynard here on the program. So I know, you know, we've got new listeners. We, we, we you know, get new radio stations that carry us, uh, you know, sometimes, right? So you, if for those that don't know, Connell Maynard was the stunt double for Jamie Foxx in the movie Any Given Sunday. And, uh, you know, talk about that experience, man. Like, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, Al Pacino and, LL Cool J, and I mean that's really, really Dennis Quaid. That's really, really cool. Yeah, it was it was a great experience, great opportunity. Uh, I had a couple guys on my arena football team that was in the original movie, uh, The Water Boy, and uh, they was on the football scene part. And the director was looking for a quarterback to to uh, take the 
double Jamie Foxx. And so he told his director, I got the perfect guy. So he told me, I went up, I had a tryout. It's 25 guys. I thought I had the part when he told me. And I get up there, and there's 25 guys up there trying out for this part. And so we had to throw balls and run around and, and compete for the spot. And I was able to beat those guys out and, and get that opportunity to uh, be the double for Jamie. But it was a great, great experience because I got to meet everybody. Brown, um, LL Cool J, Bill Bellamy, uh, the godfather, of course, uh, Al Pacino. He would come out with his little jacket on and we'd get about 10 yards apart and throw balls about every other day. Uh, Oliver Stone produced it. And, uh, I mean, me and Jamie, we hung out. We, we went and shot basketball. And uh, LL and Bill, all of us, we went to the movies. So, them guys were down to earth, man. It was an unbelievable experience. And how they treated me like I was one of them, um, it, it was just a great experience all the way around. But you know what, Coach Maynard? It may have been 25 guys, right? Like, I get all that. But, I mean, you had won four AFL championships. You could still spin – uh, the football wasn't any doubt you were going to get that part, right? Well, in my mind, it wasn't any doubt. The rest of those guys thought they was going to get it too, but <laughs> I knew who was going to get it. Uh, when when they called me, I knew I was going to get it, you know, because they wanted a dual threat quarterback uh, that can throw the ball and run. And so at that time, I, I was uh, I was 30 years old. So I was still, you know, like you say, I just won a Ring of Bowl championship in 2000 uh, right before the movie. So um, I was still playing at a high level at that time. Yeah, what do your what do your players say, man? Do they? I mean, do they know? Do they? Do, I mean, do they know? Like sometimes, do they just you know? Did did they? Some of them just come up to you and say, man, hey, wait a minute, I saw you. Were you in any given Sunday? Yeah, they say, coach, we watched a movie last night. It came on, or they'll text me when it's on. Coach, we watching we watching on TV right now. You know, and uh, some of them amazingly, some of them still don't know. You know, um, I don't tell them every year. You know, I let the players tell them if they want to tell them. But some guys will be like, Coach, they tell me you was in any given Sunday, the movie, football movie, was you? And then I have to tell them, yeah. And, and they say, oh, I'm going to go watch it tonight. You know, so those type things. But uh, it's a great experience. You know, I just tell those guys, keep your head on straight. And you never know when you're going to get opportunity. Um, it's always who you know to give you opportunities. And it's what you know that, that you take advantage of those opportunities. So have you had any more, you know, any more roles since? No, I did. Um, remember the Titans? I was on the defense. I was the Rev when the Rev got hurt and Sunshine came in. Oh wow! Rev I didn't know 10. that. Yeah, Rev was number ten when he got hurt. That was me laying down there hurt, and uh, then they brought in Sunshine, of course, to save the day. But uh, and then so I went to defense to play a little safety. Uh, but it couldn't. That was a high school movie, so they couldn't show my face because I I looked a little older at that time. I was, I think I was like thirty one, thirty two years old. So, um, but I did. I played some safety, and I I was rev the quarterback. So, oh man, that's that's really really cool. I was getting ready to say, uh, right, you you a little bit older than than high school, but you still got that young look though. Yeah, yeah, but you know they just didn't couldn't show my face, you know, uh, like I wanted them to. Awesome. Well, again, Alabama A&M opens the season on Saturday, September the 4th. Going to be hosting South Carolina State. Of course, the number one team in all of HBCU football, Connell Maynard, in his fourth season as the head football coach of the Alabama A&M Bulldogs, joins us here on Box to Row. Great to catch up with you, Coach Maynard, and we'll look forward to talking with you during the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Look forward to hearing talking to you again.
react to anything that Connell Maynard had to say on Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, whether about the Alabama A&M Bulldogs or about his appearance in the movie Any Given Sunday. And by the way, that's the first time I had heard that he also was in Remember the Titans as uh, as a as an extra in Remember the Titans. That is actually pretty cool. So let's talk some MIAC and SWAC. I want to talk about the predicted order of finish. We'll start with the MIAC. South Carolina State was picked to finish first. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, listen, South Carolina State went 4-1 and one during the spring season, had a really good team. I mean, you talk about uh, the return. Uh, that defense is going to be really, really good. Like, you talk about the return of Dakobe Durant, who's, of course, box to row preseason All-American. And by the way, he's also on the Buck Buchanan watch list. B.J. Davis, I think, is a really underrated player, underrated linebacker. I mean, he's going to be really – I mean, he had a really good spring. He was on his way in 2019, which was his freshman season, to having a really big season, was having a solid season, ended up getting injured. But he's going to be really – really good. So that defense is really going to have to be stout. Corey Fields is going to have to be better than he was in the spring. He's going to have to go back to the 2019 Corey Fields. The running game, they get uh, LeBron Morris, who comes back, uh, didn't participate in the spring, but he comes back uh, from the uh, 2019 season, had a pretty solid season. So no question about it, South Carolina State definitely should be uh, number one, and I like the Bulldogs to win the MEAC, Norfolk State at number two. And I would agree with that. When you have a premier quarterback, and Norfolk State has a premier quarterback in Jawan Carter, that's half the battle. A guy that is now going to be in the league for four years, came in as a freshman, did well, uh, had a a total of almost 3,000 yards of total offense in 2019. Obviously, he's going to have to get sort of his timing back uh, in game situations. I mean, obviously, they've been working a lot. You've got the fall to to get right, uh, but there, you know, it's been it's been 18 months right since the last time Carter threw a football. But when you have a guy like that, good young running game, good offensive line, the defense is going to be good, and then you have the new head football coach there in Dawson Odoms, who comes over from Southern. I, I really, I like Norfolk State. Like, I like Norfolk State to really surprise some people uh, this year. And again, when you have a premier quarterback, which is what South Carolina, which is what Norfolk State has, I mean, it, it just, it, it's just going to be immense for Dawson Odoms in his first season. Offense may switch a little bit, first-year coordinator uh, for Carter, but nonetheless, I mean, I would expect to play to Carter's strengths. North Carolina Central at number three. Uh, to me, that's about right when you're looking at the conference. Didn't play any games last year. Going to have to settle uh, on a quarterback this year. And I think with Trey Oliver, um, a, a bit of a rough go of it the first year, particularly how the season ended. But I think he bounces back. He's had a lot of time. He's a, you know, he's a defensive uh, defensive mastermind. He's going to have that defense right. 
And uh, ultimately, I'm going to be interested to see how the game between Norfolk State and uh, North Carolina Central plays out. I mean, it's a game where uh, you have, uh, remember, Trey Oliver was the defensive coordinator. Trey Oliver was the defensive coordinator under Dawson Odoms at Southern, right? So we're, we're going to see, I mean, that that that's going to be a nice a matchup. That game isn't going to take place until the end of the season, the last game of the season, but it may in fact determine who ultimately wins the MEAC. Number four, Delaware State. I mean, again, I think that's about right. You know, I look at the Hornets to be able to play the four games, went two and two. I mean, that's that's a good start, I think, for Delaware State. They're trying to improve, and Rod Milstead is really trying to improve this this uh, program. He he was part of the of a program back in the day uh, that won championships. So he's trying to get it back uh, to that level. And I think he's taking some strides in terms of doing that and maybe a better opportunity for Delaware State this year with only six teams uh, in the MEAC. When you had the Florida A&Ms and the A&Ts and the Bethune-Cookmans, I mean, it's really, really tough, uh, particularly uh, for everybody, but especially for a team like Delaware State. So I think it's going to be an improved team this year. Uh, Morgan at number five. Again, I think that's about right. I think it's going to be a Morgan team um, that is also improved in 2021 as well. Tyrone Wheatley. Um, you, remember, this was a Morgan team in 2019 that defeated A&T. Only, I think, four wins going back to that 2019 season. Uh, but again, and, and most of these teams, I mean, South Carolina State, Delaware State, Got to play a little bit of football, I mean, in in the spring, so I think that bodes well for them. Uh, Norfolk State, a, a, a uh, you know, North Carolina Central not playing any football. So, I mean, I think you're going to look at, you know, those teams getting off to a slow start. But Delaware State definitely benefited from the spring, um, and, and Morgan State didn't play. So, uh, you know, we'll see how Morgan State and what kind of start that the Bears get out to. And then Howard – and number six, boy, I, I really don't know um, what to make of Howard just because a lot of turnover there. I mean, just a lot of turnover. Really didn't get to play in the spring. Only two games. The COVID situation really hurt Howard because it was a situation where Howard couldn't travel to places because of the the um, the COVID protocols in Washington, D.C., and Teams couldn't come to Howard. So uh, that was really, really tough for the Bison. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, we, we'll see uh, what's going to ultimately happen there in Washington, D.C. Let's switch over to the SWAT in the Eastern Division. Alabama A&M picked and finished first. No pr- surprise there. Followed by Florida A&M. I mean, I, I, I said it and I was saying it even during the spring season that I thought Florida A&M would be one of the better teams in the SWAC. They will be. And this, the the folks who picked this thought so too, right? Florida A&M um, uh, picked to finish second in the East, followed by Jackson State. I think Jackson State's going to be improved. A good spring, four and three. Shador Sanders takes over as the quarterback, the son of head coach Deion Sanders. Four-star kid coming in, didn't take a snap in the spring. Hasn't played college football 
and to open up that season against Florida A&M. That's going to be a big-time game uh, in Miami, and we'll see ultimately what happens to Sanders uh, in that opening game. But I think Jackson State's defense, you know, Keontae Hampton uh, leading that pack, I think it's going to be really, uh, really, really good. Alabama State number four, Bethune-Cookman number five, and then Mississippi Valley State at number six looking to improve. Um, I, I like I like Alabama State. Quarterback situation's really, really good. Uh, Bethune-Cookman's coming in. We'll see what the Wildcats are able to do in the West, uh, in the East. In the West, Alcorn State, to me, no surprise there. Felix Harper comes back as the quarterback, followed by Southern then Grambling, who's looking to bounce back winless during the spring. Prairie View A&M again. Arkansas Pine Bluff disrespected, I think, at number five. This is the Western Division defending champs, and to only name them number five, that's a tough go, followed by Texas Southern at number six. Up next, let's look at the CIAA and the SIAC. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's talk some CIAA and SIAC here on the program. In the CIAA, you didn't have any teams that played any games in the spring. So I think it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens with respect to the predicted order of finish. First is Bowie State. I mean, I definitely would have to agree with that. I think when you look at what Bowie State was able to do in 2019. It was absolutely tremendous. Damon Wilson comes back. You're talking about now back-to-back or still defending back-to-back CIAA champions. You're talking about a squad that's returning the quarterback in Jerome Johnson. And, you know, Bowie State just finds quarterbacks, right? Like Jerome Johnson is is now the new era parent. And this kid was absolutely phenomenal back in 2019. Again, as I mentioned when we were talking about the MIAC and talking about Carter from Norfolk State. When you have a quarterback, that's half the battle a lot of times. And I mean, and I mean one that can play. And this is a kid that can throw the football and he can also run with the football. They got a dual threat kid who can really throw it though. Now let's get it get it right. He can throw the football, but he also has the ability to run the football really, really well. So no problems with Bowie State at number one, Fayetteville State at number two. I'm going to be interested to see. No no Stevie Green um, this year for uh, Richard Hayes and the Broncos team. But I'm going to tell you what, and this is the thing about Richard Hayes. Like he, you know, he was an assistant coach for so many years. I mean, it took him basically in that, well, and maybe close to 20 years before he actually got a head coaching gig. Okay, 20 years before he actually got a head coaching gig and he's and he immediately. I mean, Fayetteville State has been in the in the uh, CIAA championship game uh, the last couple of years. So I don't really expect anything uh different to be honest with you uh from the Broncos uh that Southern Division. I mean, I think the Southern Division is definitely going to be um, a lot tougher. I think the defense for Fayetteville State needs to be better, but you got a, a linebacker like a Nigel Peel who returns. You know, you got Keyshawn James. 
mean, that kid Keyshawn James can really get after the quarterback, right? So you got a couple of really uh, nice pieces for Fayetteville State that are coming back defensively. And so, yep, that's about right. I like Fayetteville State at number two. At number three, Chowan. So um, a new head football coach at Chowan. Um, as, you know, I think when you're talking about the Hawks, I mean, I think that um, you're going to have a new culture, right? So that's a, a really, you know, positive thing. Tim Place had been there for a while. Chowan used to put up, you know, put up a bunch of points like was really known for putting up a bunch of points, but the defense wasn't always there. So, you know, enter the new head football coach, Mark Paul, or excuse me, Mark Hall, Mark Hall enters, um, has had a, a, a whole year to really implement and put his plan in place for Chawan. And I can understand, like I can understand why Chawan has been picked to finish Number three, again, it's about the offense, and it's about Deshaun Wethington. And this kid running back, very special. Uh, special kid can really, really, really run the football. You got a kid like an Amik Watkins at wide receiver coming back for Chawan. This is going to be a really good def- uh, Excuse me, an offense, and it generally has been, and I don't think they miss a beat with those two Uh, young men right there that are going to lead that offense. Pick to finish number four in the CIAA, Virginia State, Reggie Barlow, uh, another year under his belt. And listen, uh, you know, Reggie Barlow has done an absolutely tremendous job as the head football coach at Virginia State. He's gotten the players to place, gotten that program uh, back to to really being at the top uh, of the league, right? You know that Virginia State and with Reggie Barlow, you know there's going to be a you know a running back or two because that's what he does. That he played running back in the National Football League, he's able to get these guys to come to Virginia State. I think when you look at um, the Trojans this year, defense may be the name of the game. I mean, when you got a Javon Frazier at the defensive line, I mean he really is able one you know again that's able to really. Get after the quarterback. You know, a young man like that uh, comes back. I mean, that is gold for this football team. I'm sure. Again, all of these coaches have had, you know, in excess of a year to really get things right, get their uh, implement what they're trying to do from an offensive and defensive perspective in place. And uh, you know, Reggie Barlow again is uh, he's been getting it done for a long time as a head football coach, and I don't see anything really changing with Virginia State. At number five is uh, a predicted order of finish in the CIAA is Virginia Union. First off, um, thoughts and prayers are with the family of Quandarius Wilburn, who collapsed at practice uh, and passed away, unfortunately, uh, for Virginia Union. Boy, just 19 years old. I mean, that is absolutely heartbreaking it's just heartbreaking news. Um, so thoughts and prayers are with his family in in an extremely, extremely difficult time. Of course, we'll also have to see ultimately how this affects uh, Virginia Union, the uh, student athletes moving forward. I mean, if you look at this team, I mean, Khalid Morris comes back. 
at the quarterback position, 22 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Going back to the 2019 season, he's got a stud-wide receiver to throw the football to in Charles Hall. And uh, again, you know, we'll see ultimately what happens uh, with Virginia Union. But again, they were picked to finish number five in the CIAA. Number six is Shaw. I I think Shaw is a bit of a sleeper team. Um, If you look at this, in essence, what this is saying is Shaw's going to be is picked to finish uh, second in the Western in the Southern, excuse me, in the Southern division. So you got Bowie state in the East Fayetteville state in the East. Uh, Then Chawan is in the East Virginia states in the East or in the North. I keep saying the East Bowie state in the North, Chawan in the North, Virginia state in the North, and then Virginia union in the North. Uh, So Fayetteville state is at number two overall in the South. And then Shaw again at number six overall and second in the Western division. So, I think this is going to be a breakout season for Adrian Jones as the head football coach. Um, He's got a stud running back, a thousand yard rusher returning in Sidney Gibbs. And then he's got some guys that can really play defense. Like Shaw was right on the cusp in 2019, like right there competing for that CIAA championship. Couldn't quite get over the hump. I think the offensive line uh, is going to be pretty solid. For the uh, for the Bears, but I also think that the defense the defense is going to be really really good up front. You got Sturkey, um, you know, you have in the backfield or in the defensive backfield that is Jaleel Scroggins and Kevin Sherman. I wouldn't be surprised, okay, this year if Shaw wins the CIAA's Southern. Division Shaw is going to be very good and a very underrated football team uh, in 2021. Elizabeth City State at number seven. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Jones, uh, tough season. Okay, going back to 2019, his first. But I think he's going to be able to get some things done. He's an excellent football coach, um, pays attention to detail, um, right? Uh with the Vikings being led by Jones, I think um, that, that you know, they, they it's hard, right? Like, it's hard to compete in the North when you've got the Bowie States and the Virginia States of the world. You have the Virginia Unions of the world. You have the Chawans of the world. It's, it's tough. And, I mean, you could essentially go five and five overall, right, like an Elizabeth City State could, and still be in fifth place, right? So it's going to be, I think, extremely tough for Elizabeth City State. But I think at least Anthony Jones and company will be improved from the 2019 season. Uh, Johnson C. Smith at number eight. Um, listen, you know, they they lose the stud running back. Right, I man, it's a big-time loss. Um, but Kermit Blunt is going to rebound. Right, he came to Johnson C. Smith. He was, you know, in the midst of trying to build something. 2020 COVID wiped it all out, but he's been around a long, long time. He went out, got some players, recruited some guys. So I think Johnson C. Smith um, it, it probably deserves its number eight ranking, or where it's been predicted to finish. I think it deserves that. But that said, I think it's going to be an improved football team. Winston Salem State. At number nine, 
um, Robert Massey right there once again, second year uh, as the head football coach there at Winston-Salem State. I mean, I guess really second season, uh, but he's going, you know, he's, he's, he was there in 2019, and then, of course, COVID hit in 2020. I, I, you know, Winston-Salem, I think, is going to surprise some people uh, this year. Uh, their defense is going to be good, and you know the emphasis. You know, with Robert Massey, it's going to be a major emphasis placed on defense. Kalen Allen, uh, Joshua Flowers come back. Um, Joshua Flowers is really good. Watch out for him. The kid is a really like a ball hawk in that defensive secondary. Uh, Lincoln of Pennsylvania. I I don't know what to make of Lincoln. It's been a tough go, <laughs> really a tough go for Lincoln. Right, the entire time that. The, the Alliance have been in the CIAA. The CI I think it's just going to be a tough go for Lincoln. Livingstone, Sean Gilbert. Sean Gilbert, the former NFL player, played with the Rams, played with the Panthers, uh, is the head coach. We'll see ultimately what happens. A first-time head coach, another former NFL guy um, that becomes a head coach, and we'll see ultimately what happens. And then St. Augustine's uh, is picked to finish 12th. But listen, David Bowser is the head coach. He takes over the program, right? He was at Fayetteville State for many, many years when Fayetteville State was having some success and more recently was at Fayetteville State before taking the job at St. Augustine's. I like Coach Bowser. We'll ultimately see how things play out. But I think, I mean, I don't know about 2021, maybe a bit of a tough season, but moving forward, I think St. Augustine's is in good hands. Listen, I'm out of time. I apologize. I'll get to the SIAC on next week right here on Box to Row. Again, great information on our website, BoxToRow.com. I invite you to go and check it out. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is presented by DW Communications.